Yo, yo, check this out. Check this out. Previously heard. Previously heard. Good Hope FM. Let's go. One thing that we experience a lot more is the disempowerment and disadvantages that women face in our society on a daily basis. And just because we've wrapped up Women's Month doesn't mean that we wrap up uh, being concerned and focusing our efforts to bring the disempowerment of women and gender-based violence to an end. It is something that we should talk about and address and tackle every single day of the year, uh, 365, 24-7. And today we're doing that as we talk once more about the fact that women are facing a myriad of challenges which negatively impact South Africa's progress towards an HIV-free generation. Now, nearly 20 years into South Africa's antiretroviral treatment, ART program, HIV-positive people still face stigma and women are bearing the brunt of this discrimination. And this, of course, is thwarting South Africa's efforts to end AIDS as a public health threat by 2030. So here to weigh in on this conversation is Deputy Chief of Party at Right to Care, Dr. Saitati Mulefe, joining us on the line. Doctor, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Leanne, and good morning to you and your listeners. It's so good to have you on the show. I know that you guys at Right to Care, which is a leading health NGO, are so focused on trying to bring an end to the discrimination that so many women face. Uh, a shocking statistic I read, in sub-Saharan Africa, 1,000 young women are infected with HIV every day. Yeah, it is incredibly shocking and sad wow. that we still have such statistics uh, in this day and age. Yeah. And um, the reason why we are bringing up this uh, subject of how women are disempowered and how they are, uh, you know, um, affected by stigma and, uh, and, 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 and discrimination is simply because those stats will not change materially mm. until we do something about the disempowerment, about the stigma, because those really negatively affect how people respond um, uh, to, to, to the health messaging that yeah. would then lead us to reaching the ideal of an HIV-free generation. So what are some of the challenges that women in some of our you know, most vulnerable communities are facing? I mean, I hear of humiliation, uh, experiencing abuse in their communities and homes simply because they are HIV positive and taking antiretroviral treatment. Yep. So those are some of the challenges that we see. So first of all, I think people in society in general would be aware of what people think about. Number mm-hmm. one, HIV as a, as, a, as a virus and a, as a disease. Um, and then even before they know their own status. So that is the first problem. If I'm aware that in my community, in my family, in my, in my, in my circles in general, people have a negative um, attitude to, number one, uh, people infected with HIV, what they say about HIV, what they say about people who are infected in HIV. That first step that I need to take for me to go and get tested and know my status would be problematic, would be very mm. difficult for me. Sure. If I do take that step, I'll try to make sure that nobody finds out mm. uh, because I am worried about what they now think of me because I've seen what they think of others. Yeah. So I now already anticipate that negative attitude towards me it will be a problem. Worse still, if I were then to be diagnosed with HIV mm. and, and now have to live with HIV and try to manage this disease in this society, in this family, in this community, you understand? It becomes so much more difficult because people generally need support. People generally yeah. want to, to, to be speaking to people 
about whatever issues they may be facing uh, so that people support them, so that they get information, so that they are able to manage whatever it is that they are facing. And in this instance, we're talking about being HIV positive. Now, if we do not deal with these stigma issues, we don't deal with these attitudes. It means we are, number one, stopping people from finding out what their status is. Number two, um, you know, making it difficult for people to manage the disease should they be diagnosed with it. Mm. That's so very, it's very, problem, yeah. Problematic uh, is the attitudes that people know exist. And we're still that some are actually experiencing. They are being mm-hmm. called names. Uh, they look, sometimes people don't even say anything, yeah. but they just look at you in a certain way. And um, you, you sort of find yourself um, uh, maybe being uh, excluded for set, from certain activities, conversations, yeah. or, or, you know, participating in, 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 in society as you would normally do if, you were seen not to be a, a, a problem. The yeah. problem here being HIV positive. I know that right to care teams are very, very active in the fight against stigma and violence against women. What are some of the programs that you have in place to end the stigmatization and disempowerment of women in this particular scenario? So let me align myself with the statistics that you shared about today: adolescent girls and young women. Yeah. And, and there's a program that we are running. It's called the DREAMS program. So it's an acronym. DREAMS is an acronym. It's um, what we're trying to do is to support adolescent girls and young women to be determined, resilient, empowered, age-free, uh, motivated, and safe uh, uh, individuals. Wow. So that program um, works with various partners. They're very stake, various stakeholders because obviously the response to this is intersectorial and multi-sectorial. There's not one partner who can do this alone. So we work with various partners, with government, uh, we support the Department of Health in the implementation, and we work with various stakeholders, other partners work in different spaces. So it's right to care. We are a clinical partner. So we implement in the clinical space at facilities, at health facilities, as, as well as at communities. We work with other partners who have community implementation, some work in communications, some work in the gender-based violence arena, and so forth. So as these partners, what we do is to, number one, identify the people who need uh, assistance in our spaces. So as the right to care working in clinics, we'd identify adolescent girls and young women who need to be supported um, uh, through this program. We do screening, we identify those who are at risk, of HIV acquisition and other risks that relate to, uh, you know, to, 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 to that. And we manage the clinical aspects of it. So we, we offer things like PrEP. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is a tablet that you take once a day and can help you prevent um, being infected with HIV. Um, so people at risk are encouraged to really take up PrEP if they qualify. And then uh, we also uh, treat them for any other, uh, offer other clinical services, including sexual reproductive health services. Now, if we identify that these um, um, uh, adolescent girls and young women also need services that speak to, for instance, supporting them um, in their families, supporting them at school, uh, supporting them uh, because they've been exposed to gender-based violence, or they've got uh, you know, socioeconomic challenges, then we then refer them on to partners who work in that space. We've got partners who work on GPV who can assist them with the psychosocial support and even further clinical support if they need it. We've got partners who work on social support and uh, socioeconomic support. So they, they, they do um, economic strengthening for the adolescent girls and young women. And further, we've got partners who then work uh, with supporting families because parents need to be taught how to parent, how to better communicate with their, with their children to, you know, to help them mitigate the risks for HIV acquisition. So we then refer them to such partners who can work with them and their families 
And of course, there are other partners who work in the school-based platforms. And they work with both the kids at the schools as well as the teachers at the schools to make this um, environment, you know, uh, conducive to us speaking about the, the, the risks and helping them to mitigate the risks. And lastly, we also work with partners who work with in communication in various communities because you can't speak just to the adolescent girls and young women mm. who are the victims. You have to speak to the society mm. that um, contributes to that risk, right? So these, these are all the, the partners that we work with through that program. Powerful, powerful. And I, I really hope that society comes on board, uh, that we educate ourselves um, on the journey that people who are HIV positive have to go through uh, without our judgment and, you know, all of our preconceived notions. It's time for us to educate ourselves because with knowledge comes power um, and we can also help them, you know, to make the best health decisions that they can make for their lives as well. So thank you so much, Dr. Saitati Molefi, for joining us. I think that this is a conversation we need to continue having. So hope Hopefully we can catch up with you again very, very soon. Oh, I would love that. There's so much more to say. <laughs> I know there is so much more to say. That's why we'll make another plan. Um, I'll get Doctor. I'll get uh, Doctor Delusia <laughs> to contact you and make another appointment. Thank you so much. I hope this information will assist and we really do need yeah. to move Absolutely. Dr. Saitati Molevu, who is the uh, Deputy Chief of Party at Right to Care. Now, Right to Care is uh, an organization that is very, very passionate and active in the fight against stigma and violence when it comes to women um, and their disempowerment when it comes to their HIV status as well. Now, 20 years into South Africa's antiretroviral treatment, which we know as ARTs, HIV positive people still face stigma and women are bearing the most brunt when it comes to this kind of discrimination. And this is, of course, thwarting South Africa's efforts to end AIDS as a public health threat by 2030. We need to educate ourselves so that we can empower all of those to make the best decisions and choices when it comes to their health. It's all you need.